The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. All right, we're here another Sunday morning. We have a great topic, and, and, and something that a topic that has really caused a lot of excitement here in, in Sumner County and in Hendersonville. So we're going to jump right into this. We have David Buttry right here with us. We're going to talk about the brand new Music City Studios coming right here to Hendersonville. And David, hey, man, thank you so much for, for coming in. And let's, let's start talking about this. Kick it off. Tell us about yourself and what's happening with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation, Jeff. We're you know excited to be here and get more involved in the local community. And I'm originally from Tennessee, was here through high school, moved away for college, and then I guess about 15 years mm-hmm. was gone and then uh, moved back shortly after this sort of you know, pandemic kicked off, if you will. I think it was maybe February of 2020. I've been very excited to come back to Tennessee. It was on the road three quarters out of every year for 10 of those years. Yeah. Uh, producing special events, mostly music festivals. And now that I'm back home, it's, you know, I'm never leaving. I'm going to, you know, hopefully die in the dirt over there somewhere, <laughs> hopefully a long time from now, but I'm uh, back here to stay. Well, that's great. And we're so, so glad you decided to do that because with your, your background, how did, did you know folks? I mean, of course, in industry, it's all about who you know anyway, but how did they find you to, to push this project towards your position here? Yeah, well, I think this is, at least on the, on the music industry side of things, and there's a few facets of the project, but um, the music industry side, this has been a known sort of bottleneck in terms of infrastructure in the live event industry for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably, you know, I'm going to butcher this, but say like a 30-second overview of the last 20 years in live entertainment. You know, the recording industry started to shrink with you know the sort of entree of Napster and these you know streaming services mm-hmm. and then the live event industry started to grow and during that time period the sort of modern festival era kicked off about 15 to 20 years ago and that led to the lion's share of performance income start to shift from club shows and arena shows to festivals and because due to the financial mechanics of a festival there's more revenue streams because you're building the venue as well as the show Mm -hmm. Uh, also more inherent risk but that led to much more competition amongst promoters and due to that these shows at festivals became these big spectacles so not just the electronic industry djs that typically have a lot of lights but now you look at a country act and they could have 40 plus points rigging on their show, which is, I mean, that is a full on <laughs> spectacle, yeah. like really amazing. Light so it's show. not like the old days where they just stood there with a guitar and, you know, nobody moved. It was like, now it's a light show, pyro, I mean, you name it, it's crazy. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so that, that as that started to happen in the festival industry, the arena shows started to get more complicated also to sort of balance in terms of you know the opportunities and the types of shows out in the marketplace and so now you you're starting to have really complicated you know automate automation moving lights gags if you will in terms of props mm-hmm. at 
arena shows that are matching these festival performances. And what that has done, and that's happened so quickly, is you now have these incredibly complex shows across all artists, across all genres, across all markets, and the infrastructure that's needed or required to produce those safely, efficiently, under budget, on time, have just not caught up to the industry. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really fascinating to watch, I guess, from the live, the festival perspective, seeing the shows get more complicated, realizing there was less and less rehearsal time and practice for those sort of acts. And you know, as we've started to learn in more recent years, there's a similar sort of trajectory and story in the, the movie business, where the infrastructure, sort of the real estate and physical locations have not caught up to service the new technical demands of feature films, episodic TVs, commercials, mm -hmm. just because you know, technology is changing, the market adapts readily with it. You know, the, the brick and mortar part is typically a, a little slower to, to change. Yeah. Plus, with those those folks are doing this, having those those businesses that help the movie industry and say, and then, you know, you have to have the the graphic artists, you have all of these, this team that you're going to have in place. And without having to fly a bunch of people in, adding to expenses, you're going to have everything on, on location. So the one exciting thing I, I, that I like about the Music City Studio Complex is everything's going to be right there. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think from, you know, my bias coming from the festival background it's the show is all about the advance and the advance is all about who's doing what at what point are they doing it how much mm -hmm. time does it take how much does it cost what are they bringing what assets do they need there's a lot of questions for every single line item yeah. within the workflow and uh, typically you have to go find these vendors they're all over the country different transport costs different pricing in different markets and so it starts to become really cumbersome in terms of time and planning. As those live shows have generated a larger portion of revenue for the business, that's put that squeeze where there's, you know, the goal is as many shows as possible, which then starts sort of the backlog in terms of time, pressure on people putting those together. Yeah. So being a solutions-oriented campus across all these creative sectors, hopefully will you know, drop the stress load on people organizing these these projects or mm -hmm. these um, shows. Also, you know, create and foster an environment of innovation. And and so if you know, you're looking for the next lighting gear or the next video concept or the next great graphic designer or the next storyteller, you know, you'll be able to try out or sample or meet those people while you're coming through the campus mm -hmm. for some other reason. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the magic of it is you come here for one thing and then you, you, know, you, you learn or discover three to four other things that you never experienced. Absolutely. This is such a great location. I mean, you're eight hours from just about most places you need to be. And with supplies, shipping, it's a major shipping route. I mean, you can get stuff here, you know, pretty easily. So I think it's it, it's a great deal for this. And the fact that it hasn't been done yet, <laughs> you guys are the first. So this, this concept is, is, it might take off. Watch out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't get it, you know, ahead of ourselves, but we're, we're feeling, um, you know, very lucky and, and, and blessed to kind of be coming in the market at this time. And I'm more than excited to be back home in Middle Tennessee. And as you're mentioning, you know, Middle Tennessee is uniquely positioned from a logistics standpoint across film, live music, broadcast, mm -hmm. in anyone or anything in the logistics business of entertainment from bus companies to lighting to audio to staging vendors more technology companies are coming here mm -hmm. the ability to you know, reach many major markets within an eight-hour drive is is huge for the film business and also yeah. the touring business well we have so many major artists here that you know are going to set up tours and you're actually going to have a, a 
touring rehearsal space, I guess, a soundstage that they can actually rehearse their tours, mm-hmm. which I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. You can't find those just mm-hmm. next door. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard for in the touring space and, and then also the film business too to, to find these facilities where you are not having to directly compete with some other business and fight for time in their real estate. So mm-hmm. for instance, to try to find time in a sports arena or out in a large warehouse and oh, you know, name a major market, you're constantly having to compete with those those facilities' core business, which sure. is usually sports and entertainment. And so where most of these shows take place uh, from a concert perspective and or from a film perspective, those facilities are designed for other businesses. Mm-hmm. And the entertainment industry we're talking about always has to find time and ways to slot in, but they're, they're rarely the priority. And, and so you know, our goal is to sort of you know, design and build a facility that's the priority for the crews, sure. for the creatives of these industries. Well, listen, you're, you're listening to Summer County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon, and we're talking to David Buttry, and he's he's going to be the head dude over here at the Music City Studios coming here to Hendersonville pretty soon. And So let everybody know what types of things will be going on on, the, on this campus. Yeah, absolutely. The goal is sort of the entire assembly line from the live music industry to the film industry to the video gaming industry to the broadcast industry. Okay. So at the if you look at the beginning of the sort of value chain of, of any of those four industries, you first need to come up with a concept, a story, an animatic, some scenes. And then from there, you start putting together budgets. And then from there, you start bringing on vendors. And then from mm-hmm. there, you start exercising and trying out the vendors. And then from mm-hmm. there, you start tying up a show. And then from there, you go to execute or distribution. There's varying sort of nuances within each of those value chains of each of those four disciplines or industries. But the goal is to have as much representation along as many of those benchmarks of that process for each of those four industries as possible. Yeah. So if you're creating a film, episodic TV, a commercial, we have a strong presence in virtual production, which is a sort of brand new style of production and film that's you know very exciting that's mm-hmm. coming to Tennessee as part of an anchor tenant called Monolith. I think that will really you know, open the gates of what's possible in the film industry in Tennessee. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and the technology is, it, it blows me away. I mean, every time I, you look at uh, animated features, you can't tell. I mean, it's so realistic now. Right. And the yeah. talent out there is uh, amazing. So what kind of tenants would you actually want to have uh, on the on this campus? What are you what are you looking for? Yeah. And, and I think it's it, it really is just like as many if, if you are an entity, a company or an individual that services or any part of the sort of creation from concept to execution of a live event from concept to execution of a film concept execution of an episodic TV show or a, or a commercial for a brand or a corporate partner mm-hmm. or in virtual production or in the video game. And so that's, uh, we could tie it down to companies, but it's really skill sets in terms of electrical engineering, you know, software coding, LED techs, audio techs, you know, so audio engineering, mm-hmm. video engineering, management, production management, storytelling, you know, ad agencies, anyone in the creative professional space. So we're looking for sort of as many high functioning creatives or people that are wanting to enter that space as possible. I guess they would just get a hold of you. Somebody is, is listening to this and they go, hey, that sounds like me. How would they get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, and it won't necessarily always be me, but yeah, that's right. I, think I, I can I can only You're not handle busy or anything, so much. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you head to our website, which is uh, musiccitystudios.com, there's a submission form and you can you know, submit your interest you know, as a tenant or getting involved in the campus. Okay. 
okay. and uh, we'll get back to you as readily as we can. Yeah, and the website's pretty cool. I mean, it's I know it's early on, and we have you know the concept up there what this thing is going to look like. But when you you watch the 3D fly over, and it's it's wow, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be great. I think yeah, there's a great team on the on the design side, and you know we're very excited to you know, design a purpose built facility for for people in these industries. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I, I got to thinking, what do you think it's important for you to bring uh, this kind of industry here to the Middle Tennessee area? Our goal is to build the community or the village, if you will. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone that can ever predict the future. But you know, if, if you can foster an environment that's open-minded, focused on innovation, it's focused on collaboration and not competition, which is historically the case in a lot of parts of the music industry or the film industry. You know, h- Historically, there's been these silos where the film industry hangs out with the film industry, the music industry hangs out with the music industry, and the video gaming people hang out with the video game people. Same mm-hmm. thing in broadcast. And so we want to sort of dissolve those invisible walls and make everyone neighbors and part of a community for the first time. No, I think that's, I mean, that's incredible. So you're going to have film capabilities. How does that look at this point? Yeah, and you know, we're not at a point where we're discussing many of the tenants, but Monolith specifically is, you know, an incredible sort of cutting edge technology based visual effects company. Their specialty is virtual production, which is uh, essentially using LEDs, very innovative and productive capacity that allows typically what were two workflows of production and post-production to sort of blend into one. Oh, yeah. So it sort of, in many cases, can replace the use of a green screen. And it's kind of a green screen 3.0, if you will, where you can surround yourself with LED, shoot subjects in the middle of that LED, and then the content on the walls can update and, and change. And then the camera will adapt with that content. So yeah. it, it sort of you know, tricks the human eye in terms of saying, <laughs> wow, it really looks like they're in Antarctica or the Sahara Desert or Paris, uh, but it can all be shot right here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, and I guess one thing that comes to mind uh, right off is, look, th- these companies are gonna save a ton of money mm. by producing here versus you know New York or uh, LA. I mean, gosh, their production costs, would this save a ton of money? Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult in terms of timing, scheduling, you know, arranging location shoots. Uh, just the you know, permits alone are quite expensive, mm-hmm. and I've I've had to shut down you know, Park Avenue for projects in the past, and it's it is a very long lead time, and you never know if it's really going to come through. And, yeah. and so, you know, having an environment where you know you can deliver every time really just you know brings your comfort level up, brings your stress level down, and you know, hopefully increases the bottom line because you'll be able to you know dial in the project much sooner and not worry about those sort of things absolutely well we got a lot to talk about still i mean this is incredible i'm so excited that you're here and hearing about this that this thing is actually going to happen and i think there's a lot of people in middle tennessee watching this so uh, we're going to talk more with david buttry right here with music city studios coming right here to hendersonville and we'll learn more when we come back right here in sumner county spotlight fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon right here on uh, this incredible Sunday. We're talking music, movies. We're talking 
jobs wait a minute did i say jobs well look this uh, music city studios coming in here to hendersonville we have david buttry right here david this is going to bring a whole lot of jobs here to the area what kind of folks you're going to be looking for yeah absolutely I, we're, we're looking for any individuals that are interested in the you know creative technology space or creative industries of mm-hmm. you know film commercials ad agency work metaverse related companies and activities brought the broadcast industries and uh, live music you know, we see a, a lot of those industries as, as changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. So sort of open-minded, you know, high-functioning creatives or people wanting to learn about that space, we're, we're an open door for that. Sure. And, and, you know, I mean, if you're looking at 800 plus, I mean, whatever, this could be one of the largest employers in Sumner County. So <laughs> that's that's going to be an awesome feather in your cap right there mm-hmm. because they, let me tell you, if I've been talking with David off at Mike here, and it's just amazing the community support and the involvement that you guys are going to have and how you're supporting the local economy. You're, you're bringing people here to discover our area, the north side of the lake, the beautiful city by the lake. And it's, it's going to be an, an awesome thing that you're going to be doing over there. And the Music City Studios, is a concept I know that has been kicked around. People have thought about it, but now it's really going to happen. And I think people are really excited about it. What is your your vision for the future as you see this thing grow five, 10 years down the road? I mean, how do you know? But I, I see incredible things. Yeah, for any show, for any film project, for, for any business, you, you want to you know partner and tap into on the line and grow with the community. And mm-hmm. And that's very much a focus of ours. And, you know, like as projects are coming into town, as local employers are staffing up to fulfill the sort of increased demand and from a workforce side of things as projects grow, you know, there'll be increased need for restaurants, you know, laundry, lodging, transportation, all sorts of sort of supplementary businesses that, mm-hmm. that are that are locally based that we would love to tie in and tap into. So it's, it's it really will take you know a village for this to succeed, and, and right. we want to extend that as far as and as wide as we can. Yeah, and we were talking also, and I'm very impressed that we're in, in introducing an educational concept to this. But as you've reached out to the high schools and the area colleges and such uh, to to bring in those those young folks or into a new career. Right. Right. Absolutely. And and our goal is to not you know, change the curriculums in any of those locations or universities by any means, but it's to sort of bring awareness of what we know the marketplace is within our tenants' work and you know across certain technologies across certain types of projects mm-hmm. certain skill sets are, are required and will continue to be required in a mm-hmm. growing fashion and so we would like to provide opportunities and it's sort of an open door policy if you will for these local universities and, and high schools to say hey come check out what's happening here you know maybe there's ways we can align with certain parts of your curriculum with what our tenants are looking for in terms of new hires sure and and so i think the more we can bridge the gap between what's being taught and what's being applied in the marketplace the greater the likelihood of success for for both parties and and for the the local economy sure and in turn intern concepts I, i'm sure that's probably going to be a possibility oh absolutely yeah internship and externships are, are i think you know a critical part of, of these industries historically you know for better for worse this in, in many ways this has been kind of an apprentice driven you know use that in sort of you know air quotes apprentice driven business where it's you know you can only learn so much from a theory standpoint and so being around someone that's actively working in it you learn so much so oh, quickly absolutely. and you know we want to create those opportunities for exposure as early as possible which will, I think, you know, maybe broaden the horizons and, and, and the potential opportunities from a young person's mind in the creative professional fields. And, you know, as an example, I, you know, I, didn't, I do not have nearly as strong of a film 
background to some others involved, if you are a very competent or excel within a camera sort of division of a film, mm-hmm. typically you may only specialize in two to three camera types, but there's 20 to 30 plus types of cameras being used on That's film right. projects. Yeah. So just within that one line item of a P&L of a film budget that just says camera operator, there's, there could be 10 to 20 plus specific jobs or roles that are mm-hmm. that are out there and, and that's not necessarily taught everywhere and so we you know the sooner we can get people out and realize hey there's there's you know all these subsets of yeah. ways to make a living just within this one line item yeah. and there's 40 of these line items to go through you know? well i think that people don't realize what it takes to put a well a movie even put a tour on i mean what people just see the finished product they don't realize the sweat and all the problems and all the issues that you run into the expenditures the over budget <laughs> you know they don't they don't get that but when you are here and people are seeking this real world experience like you said in schools you, you learn classroom but till you get in the real world you haven't learned anything mm. you take those concepts you learn in the classrooms and use them in the real world you know vision but i think the the experience is going to be there and the fact that you're going to have that opportunity for the the, the young folks to do that is impressive so thank you for doing that <laughs> oh thanks yeah we, you know we still have a long way to go but we're you know consider this an open invite to people in the community to you know explore those relationships and and i think from you know a very limited perspective but a, like a mentor of mine used to to say you know to succeed in the future because it's changing so much you need to sort of have equal weighting in what he called the straddle and and that was sort of a two-part concept one it's equal weighting in the tangible space and the digital space because mm-hmm. uh, you know more lives and more businesses are being represented in you know through the web through entertainment through content and then also the sort of theory with the practical and so we want to have, you know, offer young people in the area equal education on both sides sure. of the theory of, of the business and what's happening with the practical of this is how you plug a wire in into this camera or this is how you rig this rope in, you know, in this environment. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, with the uh, studios coming in, did we did we say when we think we're breaking ground that's you know we're still refining that timeline okay. depends how much rocks down there right, right yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of it here <laughs> right uh, yeah. there will be some blasting going on mm-hmm. <laughs> hey we say yeah it's all in the movie it's a movie being filmed over there <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you know having this thing uh, coming aboard are there any current projects maybe that you're going to be bringing in Mm. To, I mean, to start everything off? There will be some projects coming through the facility. At this point in time, we can't you know, right. discuss them. But yeah. um, you know, we're very excited the, the way in which the market has reacted to the facility coming up and online. And, and I think you know, Middle Tennessee is well poised to be a leader uh, in North America for this type of work. And, and you know, if you look at the film industry and the tax incentives sort of ramping up in Atlanta uh, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I don't know as much about the history of Atlanta, but they, I, I don't believe they had nearly as much of the sort of organically f- formed and built and developed entertainment workforce as Middle Tennessee. And, and so our, you know, the rate of growth, rate of progression, the rate of ability to service these types of projects will run at a much faster pace, I think, than what's okay. happened in some of these other markets. No, that's that's pretty cool. This kind of concept, and a lot of people, they say, what, it's coming here? <laughs> you know, because they think everything's in LA. I think this is so needed. And I, with, with the area that we have here, it's just incredible opportunities for filming, for putting on major events, to put on large venues, you know, concerts, uh, festivals. You know, we had the Bonnaroo thing and we mm-hmm. had, you know, these things going on. But, you know, now that we're going to have your kind of facility here, 
I think it's it's going to attract a lot of people. How do you think what you're doing uh, is going to affect tourism? Are because you know there are going to be people want to come by and oh the, the movie studios here, you know that kind of situation. Right, right. I, you know, I'm I'm not too sure in, in terms of the tourism side of things, and, and but that, that's something you know we'll work with the city and the county on in terms of what are the community's goals around that. Yeah. We are primarily a B two B facility. Um, so it's not like we will be, you know, hosting open air concerts at the facility. Right. It, it'll be sort of where those productions are made, you know, practiced and designed. Right. So okay. Well, and you know, our good buddy Barry Young, he's the director of tourism, Sumner County. He's gonna love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I can see him smiling right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we're you know, more than open to uh, have those conversations with you know anyone that has an interest in that space. And and you know we have a, an open door policy around those things. Right. Okay. Let's talk live concerting you know we talked before a little bit about if a tour wanted to rehearse and get their lighting get every, all of their rehearsal stuff done they're going to have a space to do that and we have some major artists here that do some major tours so i think this is and it's going to be right in their backyard they're going to love it mm-hmm. yeah so but they just contact you i guess you would have to book the facility out and i'm sure you're going to be filled <laughs> Right, so. right. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's you know the best way to reach out is just you know via the website, and, and our, our goal is to you know service as many creative professionals in town as we can, and that's okay. that may be the artist, that may be the crew, it could be a production manager, it could be a designer, it could be an ad agency looking to do a project with an artist or an actor and a brand. Mm-hmm. It could be a you know feature film or a location scout you know from out of state or in state looking for a place to develop a project, and. You know, we, we want to be that sort of solutions-oriented campus for professionals across those spaces. Sure. Yeah. Well, and you said broadcast earlier. So I guess those like NBC, any of those, the, the networks want to come in. They're, they're going to have a facility that they can utilize. And you're going to know the area, so you'll be able to refer them to this, the places that, that they want to go to. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, and, and from a technology standpoint, you know, there'll be very fast Wi-Fi and, you know, secured location. And I think that from an infrastructure standpoint, we'll have everything that a broadcast company or individual would, would want to see. That's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't believe, I mean, how incredible this is and the, the fact you're right on top of it here. Wow. Yeah. Get ready, man. Get ready for the ride because it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, you know, Hendersonville's a great creative community, you know, got a great proximity to the local airport. You know, there's a history of, of entertainment here that you know, we'd love to continue that story with. We're really excited to you know, be a part of the community. Yeah, and and they're excited to have you, I can tell you that. <laughs> and welcome back to Tennessee. Oh, thank you. You're back home. It feels great to be back. <laughs> but the um, the industry, because it changes so often and, and so rapidly with technology, with, I mean, everything, every concept, you guys are going to be at the forefront of all this with state-of-the-art uh, technology. You're going to have the, the latest and greatest stuff. So it's going to be a, a great attractant, uh, you know, for those wanting to utilize the facility. So it's musiccitystudios.com. Mm-hmm. Who do you have on your team right now? Mm-hmm. I know you just you're formulating. You want to give me shout outs to the team right now. We're not making any of those announcements. Okay, but we, we will. In I, the, I was in trying the, to get you. Yeah. <laughs> we will in the near future, though. What about yeah. that Jeff Shannon guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard he's in a, has a residence there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. But uh, yeah, you're looking at 2022 
uh, getting things going. Mm-hmm. And how long do you foresee the construction and all the build out happening? A year or two? Uh, yeah, we're probably eighteen months or so. Okay. And, and, and the goal is to you know be as ready as soon as we can, as as long as it's you know checking every box from everyone that's involved. And you know I think the sooner we can we can open up, the sooner we can start hosting those conversations with local universities okay. and, and high schools of hey this is this is what happens in these spaces. Mm-hmm. We we would love to grow with you. And you know I, I think those conversations will offer the opportunity for a lot of innovation from right. um, you know from the education side and then also from the project side. Okay, so what's phase one? Mm-hmm. What are you opening up first? It, well, in theory, it will be all of it at once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, the, okay. The, the phases are sort of interesting. All so close together that it's you know essentially all at once. Yeah. And yeah, we're you know excited to to get open as, as soon as we can and really you know tie into the community as best we can. I mean, I think a great example is I'm seeing this Hendersonville restaurant list mm-hmm. and you know it's like getting in touch with as many of these local restaurants and absolutely. Hey, here's what we think's coming. Here's what the type of demand we think might may be. Here's ways to tie into the campus. You know, we want to start having those conversations yeah. you know, sooner than later. Well, the the Hendersonville Chamber is of course one of the largest chambers in Sumner County with Kathleen and the and the crew over there. They do an amazing job of this. So they, they, I'm sure that they will will be at your call and help you any way possible because that's just what they do. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. Well, listen, we're talking with uh, David Buttry right here, and he's in charge of the Music City Studios project that's coming here at Hendersonville, and it's going to be an amazing project for our area and such a, a great boost. And I'm so excited to see this coming into this area because we have such a large history of music and entertainment. Thank you so much. Uh, best wishes, and I'm sure we're going to be talking many times. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thank Thanks for your time and the invitation. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're going to take this break right here at Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. Well, we'll be right back with more. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. All right. Welcome back to Sunbury County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon, here on the Sunday morning. And, of course, each and every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. And then I want to remind you, this is going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com here probably a little bit this afternoon. So check that out, and we appreciate that. Our guest in the studio, we want to welcome in our good buddy here of Hendersonville in Sumner County, Mr. Darrell Woodcock, and he is the owner of Apex Financial Planning. And I can't believe this, and we were talking earlier, you've been doing this 16 years. Yeah. Yes, yes, six, 16 years this October. That is in, probably flown by. It probably, has. Yeah. It has. I feel like I'm, I should be celebrating 10 years, but it's uh, it's amazing how quick things go by. Well, you know, there's a lot to keep you busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always been active in the community with Lions Club and Freemasons, and I was on the board of Mayor and Alderman for eight years, so a lot, a lot, of, a lot of time has passed. Well, just, I mean, doing all that's enough to age you quite a bit. Add, like, add oh three kids and a wife, and, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone knows why I'm bald. Well, let me tell you something. You, your babies are extra special i gotta i gotta say that i mean they are just a a wonderful bunch and they are so funny thank you yeah yeah they're a pleasure yeah well it kind of keeps you on your toes you know keeping you busy and everything well look you know I thought it would be a great idea because of the insane financial situation in the world, not just here, but I mean, all over the world where, where things are just going crazy. The stock market, the, I mean, you name it, it's, it's in disarray. Gas prices are going through the roof. And I just thought it might 
help to just give a little explanation as much as possible on on what's happening and what we can do possibly some some not so much advice because I know you're limited on that in fact you go ahead and let's do our disclosure <laughs> right off the bat here yeah yeah so I have two disclosures obviously first you know anytime we we discuss investing during wartime we you know we definitely feel bad what's happening we wish it was not happening but at the end of the day the stock market is down the war and invasion is impacting that so we have to you know from a factual standpoint mm-hmm. look at it and see what we need to do the second is obviously this is not personal investment advice I do not know who's listening I do not know their personal situation mm-hmm. I'd love to so if they'd love to give my office a call they can 615-206-8731 or they can contact us on our Facebook page or uh, website apexfinancialplanning.com when we look at everything that's happening we have to kind of start really high level and then slowly come down to earth first thing we have to decide if you're a short-term investor honestly you shouldn't be investing in the last few months because with COVID in 2020 uh, rebounding in 2021 and now the invasion gas prices and inflation it, it's just too volatile to be investing short term and there used to be a place to hide called bonds but we can't really do that now because as interest rates rise bond values decrease. Uh, Therefore, if you invest in bonds, you'll lose money. If you invest in stocks, you could potentially lose money because you don't have enough time to let those rebound. So if you're a short-term investor, now is just not the time for you. Then we get into long-term investing. uh, And I break it down to my clients as you always have three options. You can hide, ride, or buy. Right. And so hide is the, oh, oh, I'm scared to death. I'm going to take my money and put it in the mattress, the bank account, bury it in the backyard. Um, You know, that, that sounds great because you think you're going to time the market and you're going to get out before it crashes and you're going to get in at the bottom, but that never happens. Um, and if you don't want to you know, believe me, Warren Buffett had a uh, famous quote during the last Russian invasion in 2014 saying that uh, invasions in wartime is the worst time to be in cash because normally what happens is you have inflation and or currencies being devalued. And so while you're account uh, at your bank is not decreasing, your buying power is, so you're technically losing money either way. So that's pretty much always a horrible idea. Uh, with the understanding that, you know, hopefully you have a game plan and, and you have enough cash reserves to get you through any type of issues during the volatility. Uh, then you get to the ride, which means ride it out, right? So you have your account, you, you're, you're worried, but you understand the system will work and your account balance will rebound. And normally with a very steep decline or market correction, uh, let's say a 2008 where the markets dropped 50%, it takes about two and a half years to rebound. So if you do nothing, your account balance will be back after two and a half years. That's not a horrible strategy, uh, you know, especially if that's all you can do. Like if you don't have money sitting off to the side to invest, you really have no other choice but to ride it out, right? The best option is buy. And what I mean by that is while the market is down, you need to buy, right? Buy low, sell high. That's what we all are preached. And that's what we all want to do. But it, it's hard when you, you know, you see your account balance dropping. You're like, man, I want to put more in and, and let it watch it, watch it go down more. But when people are scared, when people are fleeing, that's when your opportunities arise. Um, so my advice to my clients is to take advantage of these market drops. Uh, they are scary. You know, mm-hmm. you need to be concerned and, and, and be cognizant of what's happening. But this is the opportunity. Right. So you're talking about the currency. And of course, the, uh, the ruble has just dropped where it's almost nothing now, but which, yeah, it, okay. 
cool. Let that happen to them. Let them see how right. that's going to affect them. It's, it's definitely going to affect their situation. With with our currency, I think we're okay. We haven't seen a devalue of the dollar at, at this point, right? Right. And, and, you know, you get into those things that, and I joke that it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we've been here before. The names have changed. The places have changed. The financial issue or crises has a, a new name. And I have one investment that I always talk about that pretty much solidifies and backs up everything I'm saying that it doesn't matter. Uh, there's an investment that's a standard mutual fund, nothing special about it at all. Mm-hmm. Anyone can go buy it. And it was opened and created in 1940. What was happening in 1940? Right. World War II. Right. <laughs> so it was started in the middle of the largest war ever. and has remained in operation today. Like I said, mm-hmm. you could buy it today. So from 1940 to, ni- to 2022, it's averaged just under 11% if you did nothing but just buy it and hold. And right, it and just write it out. Yeah. Uh, so when I tell clients it doesn't matter, I-, I can show them factually that this one investment went through World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, the war on terrorism, Russia's war in Georgia in 2008 that happened during the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. So it kind of mimics what's going on Mm -hmm. today with inflation and whatnot. It was pretty much unaffected when Russia invaded in 2014. So again, we've been here before. And if you simply bought this investment and closed your eyes, you averaged 11%. And I stop and say, now imagine if you bought a thousand bucks every time the market dropped twenty percent in that one investment. Imagine what your investment returns would have been then, mm-hmm. which then backs up my buy strategy. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to buy when this happens. So I guess you can see a trend. I mean, based on, uh, on what you just said. So this, so this thing we're going through right now has happened before. Like you had said, you mentioned during war times and all the things that Russia has done before. But it's just amazing. It's like it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, it <laughs> really it really is. And I have this massive chart in my office that tracks everything from before the Great Depression. It tracks the dollar, large company investments, small company investments, international investments, and it timelines wars, presidents, Congress. So you can literally look at any point in time and go, okay, Mm -hmm. this was the last war. Uh, This was who was in office. Here's where the dollar was. Inflation was here. And guess what? Yeah, the market went down for a short time period and then rebounded. And every single time, that's what it does. It's it's clockwork. We just don't. The problem we, is we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how long it's going to take to rebound. But at the end of the day, we know it's going to rebound because it has every single time. Not being knowledgeable about investing and and the stock market and things like that. It's just crazy to me when you see uh, something bad's happening. So the stock market drops you know and they and they're i don't know what goes on with the trading i mean how does that even with gasoline i mean that's the big uh, topic these days but yeah and you have a lot of factors and at the end of the day if you listen to someone they say the stock market failed today because of this they're speaking in such generalities that you know you can't quite pinpoint it right because for example 2020 the stock market dropped because of covid that made sense a lot of people started buying then because they looked at like disney for example Disney was shut down because of COVID. Was COVID going to be here forever? No. Therefore, Disney would reopen, increase sales, and be profitable again. So that was a good investment to buy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were buying during that decline in 2020. Most people hold their investments at least one year to get the lower capital gains tax rate. Mm -hmm. So that means in 2021, 
people may have started selling, which we can track eventually with uh, financial disclosures. So at the end of 2021, people started selling investments, which causes the stock market to decline. You have inflation going up, which scares people and causes people to sell, which causes the stock mm-hmm. market to decline. Right. You add invasion to that, then it's pretty easy to see what why everything is happening. You just have to keep in mind Will Russia be in invading countries forever? No. Will inflation continue to go up forever? No. Uh, will people continue to sell socks forever? No, right? So you just have to keep reminding yourself this is short term. So I need to take advantage of this short term opportunity so that my long term returns are greater than if I just sat there and waited for them to happen. Right. So I guess if if, if the prices of stock drop, that would be the time to buy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I have a strategy. Well, let me back up. So I, I have roughly 800 clients and I've had less than five calls about, oh, the stock market has dropped. What should I do? And most of those were not like, what are we doing? We need they're they're freaking out we need to do something Mm -hmm. it was more of just hey do i need to do anything special like add money to my account or uh, adjust anything minor and the reason that i get so many so few calls is because every client has a customized game plan Uh, if they're conservative we're doing something conservative while taking advantage Mm -hmm. if they're aggressive we're taking advantage of it in an aggressive manner if they're taking income i've protected their income off over to the side so that they can take advantage of this market and not impact their income so uh, if you have the strategy, the, the the overall picture of the stock market doesn't really matter and come into play. Right. Well, I think having that advice, I mean, th- this is, you know, why you do what you do, because you understand this. And having somebody like myself that, you know, I start hearing these numbers and my brain, the garage door shuts. It's like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's something, I guess, until you really get into it to really understand it. I mean, that's that's important, but having somebody like yourself that can advise and keep you kind of sane. <laughs> yeah, so, so again, everything I do is factual, right? It, yeah. it, and based on something that I can say, look, this has happened and here's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. People, the stock market is down 10% so far this year. Uh, which is a lot in a short time period. But when you look at history, guess how often the stock market drops 10% every two years? Really? So so every other year, the market at some point drops down 10% and normally comes back up, Mm -hmm. right? And so what's happening now, if you look at just the numbers, is not that special, right? And I, I usually don't start buying until the market drops 15%. Now there's your random stocks that drop more than that and you take advantage of that. But as a market as a whole, I don't get the desire to start buying until about 15% of a drop and here's why. Since 1946, the stock market has dropped nine times between 20% and 40%. Really? Right? When you think about that, the 10% drop happens all the time Mm -hmm. and you try to take advantage of it when you can through dollar cost averaging and just putting money in your account each month and just trying to take advantage of it. When the market drops 15%, I know, hey, this is kind of rare. So we need to start buying because this is not going to happen for much, mm-hmm. lo- not a long time. So we, we have a short window to take advantage of this. And then you go, get the people like, well, you know, 2008 happened and it's going to crash. We're going to lose 80%. That's happened nine times in the history of the stock market. Can it happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, will it happen? Probably. But guess what? Take advantage of it and it'll rebound. Wow. <sighs> Nerve wracking. <laughs> and I guess a lot of people um, have put a lot of money into the stock market. There are, I guess you have the long-term folks and then you have the day traders. What what, what does that mean, those that do day trading? Yeah, so I, I group those into two people. So you, you have your uncle who you see at Thanksgiving who say, says he's a day <laughs> trader and he tells you about the good stories, Yeah, right? He doesn't tell you about the bad stories. From, from a scientific standpoint, most people cannot day trade and beat the average return 
return. Mm-hmm. Most mutual fund companies can't beat the average stock market return. I think 85% of them do not beat the standard index. So if you just closed your eyes and bought an S&P 500 index fund, you're going to beat 85% of the fund families out there that are hiring professional people to manage their mm-hmm. investments. So it's hard for me to believe that Uncle Joe down the street is you know beating Warren Buffett yeah. at investing. But then you have the people that are you know, the Warren Buffets who can do it and their returns are public and you can track it and, and you know, they have found a system to do that. It takes a lot of research, a lot mm-hmm. of money, a lot of technology to do that nowadays because yeah. everything is kind of automated and tech-based. But day trading is, is not as common as people would think, is yeah. not nearly as successful as most people think. Right. Wow, a lot of information. And we're gonna take a break right now, but on the other side, we're gonna jump into some more uh, craziness that's going on right now and uh, some more advice from Mr. Daryl Woodcock right here with Apex Financial Planning. And we'll be right back after this with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight uh, with Jeff Shannon. We're going to continue our conversation with uh, Daryl Woodcock. Now, he's with Apex Financial Planning. And, you know, over 16 years that you've been doing this, you've probably seen a lot of ups and downs. You've seen what's happening uh, in this thing. You know, we're dealing with gas prices right now. Uh, We're dealing with currency and all of these things. And speaking of currency... It seems like the hottest trend right now is the Bitcoin and the crypto uh, currency. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of these digital currencies that, you know, you can trade and, and buy and barter. They're currently not regulated. So you see massive fluctuations in values uh, that can't really be pinpointed as a reason behind them. So as an investing standpoint, it, I compare them to pieces of art. Right. And you you have this art hanging on your wall there. There's not a true market. I view as an investor Bitcoin as like a piece of art. As long as there's someone out there who wants it and wants to pay you money for it, it has a value. But right now it's just it's digital. It's it's not a digital code. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So where's the money from? So you have to convert it to cash. To, for it to actually be, or to a product, for okay. it to actually have value. And and that's what it goes back to, you know, you look at a stock, that, that stock has a price and mm-hmm. you can track it and you know that company has assets and, and sales and you can really get a good idea of the value. Mm-hmm. You know, if a company owns $10 billion worth of inventory, you know at least it's worth $10 billion, right? A Bitcoin is literally only worth what someone across the street's willing to give you for it. Yeah. And if they decide it's not worth anything, it's it, there's nothing to back All it right. up with, right? I have a hard time investing in it uh, as a true investment for clients. A lot of them do not realize how volatile it is. Mm. And you'd be surprised how many older clients I get who come into my office and I'll say, hey, you know, my grandson was saying, I need to put everything in Bitcoin because that's the future. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Uh, you remember last year when you were upset that your account lost 5%? Well, Bitcoin's down 40% this month. <laughs> so how do you feel about yeah. that? Well, I didn't know it could do that. You know, they didn't say yeah. that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you don't realize. From an investment standpoint, what I love about Bitcoin is the technology that it that was created to track it, the blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. That is changing our economy right now. Companies like Visa, uh, your football teams are using it. And, and how they use it is they, let's say you're a season ticket holder. 
they track your transactions through this blockchain technology. And let's say you you want you can't go to the game, so you're going to sell your season tickets to Joe Blow down the street. Mm-hmm. You sell those, they can now track that sale and get a royalty off that purchase. So now they're getting money multiple times. Like they're using that okay. technology now. Visa's using it to track t- transactions and what have you. Uh, so that is something that I have personally invested in. I think it's a great idea. It's it's volatile. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a new um, utility uh, that doesn't have a lot of history behind it. So you have to be willing to go with the swings. Now what... What is an NFT? Is that the, kind of the same? Yeah, idea? so they, yeah, getting a lot of those questions. So uh, it's the non fungible token. Basically, you create uh, an artwork and you can sell it on the internet. Uh, and depending on who you talk to, it's the next best thing. And you talk to someone else, and it's a joke. A lot know? of lot of artists, music, musicians, and stuff are using these mm-hmm. NFTs now. Yeah, and people are making millions of dollars. You know, you hear Crazy. all the stories about kids making millions of dollars, and it's great. And and then you go to the next expert, and they go, Yeah, but I could just screenshot that and recreate it mm-hmm. so why would i buy it yeah, you know and, yeah. and it's new I, I don't pretend to be an expert in it but it's definitely one of those well uh, head scratchers <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, case right right we were talking on the, the backside there of, uh, with the gas prices now we've seen it fluctuate every year you know you get something comes in here a president comes in things are going to change and I, i've just just mind boggles me how that it could change that much and how it can fluctuate like it is. And, you know, now we're blocking the Russian oil. Okay, so that was like, we only rely 40% of exports coming from Russia on that. Then he wants to open up. So you bring in more gas and the prices come down. I don't know. Very yeah, confusing. yeah, it's, it's, it can be confusing because, you know, in, in, in one day, the same politician will say, we need to cut this pipeline in Russia so they that hurts their economy. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute, you you've stopped our pipeline. So what, is that the same situation? And then you know, then they talk out of both sides of their mouth. So there, there's a lot of r- issues that cause that. Mm-hmm. I tend to not focus on what's causing it as much as how do I can I take advantage of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes that reveals the cause, right? Because mm-hmm. you go through and find out what's how can I take advantage of. It? Well, this is causing it, so let's buy this. But the easiest way is there's ways of investing in commodities fuel, oil, diesel, all this stuff is mm-hmm. our commodities. You can buy investments that track those prices. And let's say you're a trucking company and you see gas pricing is start, starting to go up. If you want to offset that cost that you're about to incur, you can buy investments that will rise with the price of whatever commodity you're wanting to buy. Like for example, oil. Mm-hmm. That has doubled in the last year. So your fuel costs have doubled. But if you own the investment that tracks those prices, guess what? That investment has doubled. So my job as an investor for my business clients is to say, okay, you need to invest X amount of dollars in this oil ETF mm-hmm. in order to offset your increased fuel costs. Okay. So that at the end of the year, you break even. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and so that's what real inv- investors, real financial planners do for their clients. Well, see, this would be a way that you actually protect your clients. Mm-hmm. So what other ways do you have in place to protect your clients in this time? So I'm a cautious investor because I never forget whose money it is, right? Uh, it's easy for me to make decisions without emotion, but at the end of the day, I still have to face my client. A perfect example of what I do for my clients is let, let's back up to you know 2018. About every eight years, is some type of major correction, you know, about 20% or so. And the last one was 2008. You know, you get about year 10, you go, we're due. 
Like something's going to happen. So I start preparing my clients, hey, something's going to happen, mm-hmm. but when it does, we're going to take advantage of it. And we're going to take advantage of it by, we're going to start letting cash build up in your account. And I don't mean 40, 50%, I mean 5, 10, 15%, depending on the situation, because mm-hmm. every client is different. And so we slowly let cash build up from interest, from investments, capital gains, from investments, what have you. And then when the market does have a correction, like 2020, for example, mm-hmm. stock market dropped 33%, uh, the fastest decline ever. So we start buying. We use that cash that's sitting on the sidelines and we start buying. Let's say we will buy 1% of the account value per month. So we're easing into it. The market could keep going down. It could go up. We don't know. But we're going to start buying once it hits. You know, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, yeah. 15, 20%, I start buying. Mm-hmm. So then 2020 rebounds. A lot of people make a lot of profit off those purchases. We hold them for one year to limit the tax. And then we start selling the profit. And then that money goes into cash and we say, okay, it's a lot of volatility happening. You know, inflation's going up, gas prices going up. Uh, We were worried about Afghanistan a few months ago. Now it's Russia. There's a lot of going on. We're gonna keep money on the sidelines. Now the market's dropped. So now we're buying again and just repeat. Explain uh, to me how the tax situation, now you, you have the money riding along, there's no tax, but if you sell it, then there is, and if you use it for something else, it's not, I, Yeah, I, yeah, the, Yeah, there's so many tax <laughs> laws. The easiest way to explain it is if you hold an investment and sell it within one year, that's called a short-term gain, okay. and the tax rate's higher, a lot higher. Mm-hmm. If you hold it for one year, it can be nothing, depending on your income. And there, there's several factors that come okay. into play. So it could be nothing or 10%. You know, this again. is why every client has a different scenario. Exactly. You, you yeah. Have to no, yeah. yeah. Nothing's cooking cutter in my right. office. Okay. Every client situation is different. I meet with their lawyers, their CPAs. We make sure they have a game plan. I call it their board of directors. Every client has a board <laughs> of directors. Like I'm one. Their CPA is one. The wife's automatically on there. Every, everyone has a, a say in the financial picture so mm-hmm. that I can go, hey, we need to make this investment change. But then the CPA goes, wait a minute, if you do that, that's going to trigger this over here. So we need, we need to wait another two months or, or what have right. you. And then you get into like uh, property transactions where you could sell, let's say you have a rental property, you sell it, uh, you have to pay gain on that tax unless you do a 1031 exchange and, and buy some other type of property. And then you just defer that tax until you sell that property. So there's all kinds of loopholes yeah. that your financial planner should know and be working with you on. Right. So my brain's going blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> yeah. What about annuities? Um, that's kind of a thing now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they've been around for, for a long time, but the problem is they're pushed heavily when the market declines because it's an emotional product and they go, oh my God, the stock market's crashing. It's never going to stop. You need to buy this product that protects you. And an annuity is an insurance product. And there's various types. You have fixed annuities that say, hey, put your money here. We'll pay you 3% interest for five years. You can't touch your money for five years or we'll penalize you. Uh, And that's a pretty straightforward product. Mm -hmm. Then you have index products that say, hey, if the market goes down, you you don't lose. But if it goes up, you only get the first 5% of growth. So if the account makes 20%, you get five. The insurance company gets 15. And that's how they kind of offset the losses and whatnot. Then you have variable annuities that just follow, follow the stock market. Mm-hmm. But how they pitch it are these riders and death benefits. And, and what they don't tell you are the fees could be as high as three, three and a half percent each year. And the guarantees normally only trigger if you die or if you take an income stream for life, meaning once you buy it, you're pretty much stuck with them if you actually want the benefits. Okay. 
I offer them, I sell them, but I sell them for what they were designed for. You know, if I have a client who is literally losing sleep and having stress over the stock market, they shouldn't be in the stock market. I was right? going to ask who who would would qualify or who would you recommend the, the type of investor to to get into annuities? So I I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, I had one client who is older. Um, his health is not as great as it used to be, and he was really worried about leaving money to his wife so that she'd be taken care of. Mm-hmm. He did not want any risk. He, he okay. said, I don't want to gamble with this money. This is mama's money, and yeah. I want it protected. Right. So there's a fixed, or actually an indexed annuity out there that has a 7% death benefit rider, which means every year that account goes up 7%, but only on the death benefit. So he has to die to right. get that benefit, okay. but that's what he wanted. He wanted this chunk of money to be set aside for his wife when he dies. Mm. So I basically gave him the options. I said, okay, you could buy a CD and make 1%, it's guaranteed. Uh, You can invest in a bond that may make 4%, but not guaranteed. Or you can buy this insurance product that'll guarantee you 7% for the next 10 years. And his circumstance, he probably won't make 10 years, just to be honest. And, And so that gave him the highest rate of return for what he was trying to accomplish. And would I ever sell that again? Maybe not, probably mm-hmm. not. Uh, but that fit his situation and what it was for. The problem is insurance products like annuities have really high commissions. And a person can take a seven day course and get licensed and sell annuities. So really? they kind of put themselves out there as financial advisors, but they can only sell one product. And a lot of times the commission can be as high as 10%. So if you sell someone with $100,000 in annuity, you just made 10 grand. Mm-hmm. That's an incentive for some type of people. And they'll go out, and especially elderly, especially people that are emotional, and they'll say, hey, man, the stock market's crashing. You're going to lose everything. You need to do this right now. Do it right now. Mm-hmm. And then you do it. Two years later, you come into my office, and I say, hey, I hate to tell you, you kind of got scammed. But guess wow. what? If you take your money out of this annuity, you're going to lose 8% of your value. You know, you're going to pay $8,000. So they're stuck with it. So it kind of holds true that if it sounds too good to be true, chances are, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Seek a professional. Don't use a financial coach. (laughs) So, yeah. So what I tell people is when you're interviewing advisors, you need to ask them a series of questions. One, are you a fiduciary? Meaning, are you bound to act in my best interest at all times? And I tell people the easiest way to do that is go with a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. There are other advisors out there that in some cases are fiduciaries, but not all the time. Like, for example, if you have a retirement account, they have to act in your best interest. If it's not a retirement account, they can do whatever's suitable, meaning if it gets a higher commission Mm -hmm. and it's suitable, they can go that direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I always work with a CFP or a fiduciary. Ask them bluntly how they get paid. Like if they're offering you a product, say, okay, where is your commission in this? Because I know you don't love me enough to work for free, right? (laughs) And there's ways of checking that publicly. Get at least two opinions because a lot of times you'll go to a place and they'll say, well, here's what this guy said. It's the best deal. And then you look at it and you're like, well, did he tell you about these hidden fees? Nope. Did he tell you that you're only going to earn 2%? Nope. You know, mm-hmm. so getting at multiple opinions can really help expose the too good to be true scenarios. Well, too, being a CFP, you're, you're bound by certain restrictions and laws and requirements that you you have to follow. Uh, rightly so. You know, so many people have gotten ripped off over the years. Yeah, you know, my profession, you know, the politicians and regulators, instead of finding ways to weed out the bad advisors, they just create new disclosures. So instead <laughs> of reading good, yeah. thirty pages, you now have to read thirty five, which nobody right. does. Yeah. And, 
and it's hard usually the best scammers are the least the, the hardest to find because mm-hmm. they, like they sit in your house and they talk about jesus and, yeah. and how they're going to be here and hold your hand and then the second you sign those papers and he gets that commission you never see, see yeah. him again yeah and a lot of them switch companies because they right. get it you know and you never see him right. again. you can't yeah. even track them and there's a website called broker check so if you type in the word broker and check uh, it'll pop up you can type in a person's name and their city and it'll it basically brings up their financial background as an advisor mm-hmm. if their name is not on there they're not a legit financial advisor right and they if they have what they call disclosures that means a client has complained and you can click those and go oh, man you know they've been disclosed 10 times and it'll show you the findings okay. you know it was not warranted and every business i guess they're you got those scammers out there that just or just doing thing unethically so. right but look there's a lot of information information uh, if people wanted to find out more and ask questions for you how would they reach you so the easiest way is to call our office we have a contact us on our website where you can actually complete our intake form the website is apexfinancialplanning.com phone number is 615-206-8731 there you go daryl woodcock ladies and gentlemen uh, a wealth of information <laughs> yeah. and tons of it i mean it's just mind-blowing to me so i appreciate you taking your time i know how busy you are to come in here and speak with us and should have your own show <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I i love uh speaking i love being here you make it easy and fun well thank you very much all right that's gonna wrap up uh, this segment of sumner county spotlight this is jeff shannon we'll catch you next week with more of sumner county spotlight so long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.